Welcome back, <laughs> students. You had to know it's going to happen. <laughs> okay, can we start now? Yes. Okay, go. Welcome back, students of the dojo. This week, we're continuing our look at Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the newest addition to 5E Dungeons and Dragons. Today, we're looking at the monk class and the optional class features. Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Excellent. Awesome. I'm channeling my key right now. I'm ready into a break into a flurry of drinks. I guess we're talking about monks. The monk. The monk. The it's monk, about the time. Monk, the monk. The monk. You know, because, I mean, dojo's in our name, and monk is kind of like, you know, right? It's a thing. It's a dojo thing. It's it a is. dojo thing. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's get in touch with our inner Bruce Leroy. Okay. <laughs> Go watch The Last Dragon if you can find it. It was a martial arts classic. I wouldn't call it a classic. It's, oh, it is a, it is a fine classic. martial arts movie. It, awesome. Okay, it's pretty good. I'll give you that. <laughs> so before we get started, yes. um, we all wanted to say, hey, Russell. Hey, Russell. Yeah, hey, Russell. Russell left us a really, really, really flattering uh, comment and review on, where was it? Podchaser. Podchaser. Uh, why don't you share that? Okay. From Russell. Absolutely love this podcast. Coming from a younger age viewer, this helps so much. Thank you, Russell. Thanks. Yeah, that's what, we, that's what we're shooting for. Uh, thank you very much. We absolutely love you, Russell. Thanks for leaving that comment. Thanks for listening. I'm glad we're helping. He said younger listener, but... We're so freaking old. Yeah, that, that, that could, could be, be any 70. <laughs> I just, you know, but that's all right. Um, younger is our target audience, and yes. we appreciate it. Thank you, Russell. Awesome. Yes, Tell do. your friends. You can improve your key by leaving us a, a review on Podchase or Apple Podcast. There you go. Thanks again, Russell. Let's talk about the monk. Let's, Let's get into it. There's some optional class features. Um, there we go. <laughs> Thank you, Lou. Dedicated weapon, right? So this is one of those option, optional class features. At sec, second level, you pick this up. You train yourself to use a variety of weapons, a variety of monk weapons, not just simple melee weapons and short swords. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can touch one weapon 
uh, focus your key on it and then count that weapon as a monk weapon until um, you use this feature again. So it, it's got to be a simple or a martial weapon. You must be proficient with it and it must lack the heavy and special properties. That's not too bad. It opens up quite a few. It does. It opens up quite a few uh, weapons available and just it, you know, a quick little attunement to a key. Yeah, I I kind of see this being like, I know you guys remember. I don't know, I don't know if Dating any of our again. younger viewers have ever seen this, but it was uh, it was either Saturday or Sundays. Uh, one of the cable channels, Kung Fu Theater, Kung Fu Theater. It was all Kung Fu movies, and yep. they were awesome. And one of the one of the prevalent themes was, you know, you'd always have one of the, these Kung Fu gurus picking up something like a towel. And now it's a weapon, and they're and they're beating the shit out of people with yeah, it. They, they turned into like an iron uh, iron curtain. It was called or yeah. iron spear. One of the two. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, yeah. Would, they would wet it and wrap it, and it'd be as hard as a, a spear. They would say. Yep. Yeah. So I, I kind of see that having the same flavor, you know, as as that that sort of thing, uh, picking up a towel or, um, you know, like a serving platter and and a, a chair. Yeah. <laughs> So what were some of your favorite Kung Fu movies since you brought it up? Um, I'm going to say the entire Half a Loaf of Kung Fu uh, series with uh, young Jackie Chan were, were my favorite uh, Legend of the Drunken Master. I liked I liked Jackie Chan before Jackie Chan was Jackie Chan. He was just like Jackie Chan, Kung Fu theater actor guy before he became like mainstream. But then like I loved Jackie Chan when he started doing his mainstream stuff and all those crazy stunts. But yeah, half a loaf of kung fu. Any any Bruce Lee movie? Any Bruce Lee? I, I was really into the the Shaw Brothers stuff. Five Deadly Venoms, the, the Flying Guillotine. Oh all yeah, those, yeah, all those old ones. And uh, the uh, any of the ninja movies with Shokazugi. Yep. Remember when ninjas were like the hot item? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything was a ninja. Yep, and and, and uh, I remember. I, and and there was no reason, no responsible reason why someone my age should have had one of these. But we had, uh, I had a belt buckle that had a throwing star on it, you know, just in case, just in case some shit went down at the Catholic school I went to. Oh yeah, well I was, know. if I was lucky enough, I could I could take out a uh, an enemy ninja with one skillfully placed uh, belt buckle shot of my my uh, my throwing star, or, or shear off that yardstick in half before the nun came over and started beating you with it for having a throwing star on your belt buckle. I I remember being at, uh, being at Chet's house and throwing the, uh, throwing stars and breaking one of the windows on, uh, they had these, uh, it was an older house. They had these beautiful inset kind of like cupboard things with glass doors. Man, his mom was pissed. Oh my gosh. She was up. She was upset. Um, Anybody ever have a pair of uh, Chuck Norris kicking jeans that had the elastic crotch so you could really get those? That if that did it, if that elastic crotch did not make you a martial artist, I don't know what would. I did not have those. No, no. Uh, thankfully, I, no, I do not believe I had a. I pair. had a pair of Chuck Norris kicking jeans. I thought you were going to say nunchakus. I was going to say, "Yep, I had those." So I, I still do. I my, used to. Well, my principal got him. Got mine in his safe still. <laughs> You used to be able to get those at like you remember Kim and Lee's Kim at the Lee's Hoyle downtown. Mall? Yep. Yeah, I had swords there. I'd walk in at like fifteen and be like, "Hey, man, I need a sword." They'd be like, "Okay, 
twenty five dollars. I'm like, yep. sold. <laughs> yep. I was in school and made my my nunchuckas. Um, but what I did is I made them out of uh, lucite and polyethylene, which okay. is like a which is like a bulletproof material. Yep. And he's like, "What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm making clock weights for my grandmother's uh, grandfather clock. You can't really see the weights, and these are really heavy, so they'll work well." And he kind of looked at me suspiciously, but it was plausible enough with a straight face where he couldn't deny because they weren't connected. Yep. I found that Daycron cord much better than nylon works better because it doesn't stretch. We used to make them out of paper at school because oh, well, that's, you know, <laughs> in, instead of getting a quality education, let's make ninja weapons. You at never the know Catholic what, school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but before one of us get arrested for <laughs> statute of limitations. <laughs> hey, there are still clock weights. <laughs> let, let's move on to the monk. All right. Uh, so then you got key fueled attacks at third level. Uh, you spend one key point or more as part of your action on your turn, and you can make one attack with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon as a bonus action before the end of your turn. Got to love the extra attack. Yep. That's got a very martial arts kind of flavor to it, you, yeah, know. you know. Do the punch and the kick or vice versa. Or... At fourth level, you get quickened healing. Uh, so as an action, you spend two key points and roll a martial arts die. You regain a number of hit points equal to that number rolled, plus your proficiency bonus. That's pretty cool, especially when you get into higher levels. And the higher that levels monk die goes up, and so yep. are your points back. All those kung fu theater movies would have that. That rally during the uh, during the fight where they'd spit out their that pink blood. Yep. For some reason, their blood was never. Kung fu guys had pink blood, never, never red. That, it was all that key energy running through them. Like Eddie Murphy said, is I'm a karate man, <laughs> bruised on the inside, so don't show no weakness. That's what it was. And um or Kool-Aid was cheaper than ketchup. Or go, yeah. <laughs> but that that quick and healing better too. <laughs> Fifth level. Focused aim. Uh when you miss with an attack roll, you can spend one to three key points to increase your attack by roll by two. For each of the key points you spend, potentially turning the miss into a hit. So three key points, six, six points. points. That's pretty good. That's yeah. that's good chunk. I, I like this stuff because I think it lends to that. Um, when I say martial arts flavor, I certainly don't mean like traditional, you know, real, martial world. Arts, real world martial arts, but that, that kung fu theater movie kind of, kind of feel that was really prevalent back when we were, we were growing up. I just think it adds that that level of mysticism and flavor to to the monk. Or oh, one of my favorites, one of the a more modern one, you know, Crouching Tire, Hidden Guidewire. I, I mean, uh, Dragon. I, I, I love that one. It was good. That was that was a that was a, a fine movie, but they had a budget, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's amazing True. what you could do with a budget. Yes. You know, you get Chow Yun Fat, and I don't know who that, who the, yeah, I don't remember the actress's name was in there and that not the younger one but 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 the older yeah i know who you're talking about i can't remember her yeah. name either right now you get those uh you what, don't get what, young jackie chan wasn't she get, the same one that did the uh martial arts on the, the attack of the scorp or the scorpion king yes i believe so yeah yeah i believe so either way she was awesome yes whatever her name was um but i like that i like where they're going with 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 this so far so far now we get into the fun stuff the monastic traditions the way of mercy. Here it comes. No, no. This, this, I, this, this is, 
For those that don't know by now, Scott will now give his opinion on the artwork. Scott? The uh, Dancing Plague Doctor is a little creepy. I wonder if he's related to the uh, the, the Wood Elf uh, <laughs> barbarian from the from the beginning because they both look like they're contorted. They're dancing, yeah. But I don't know. He's a happy Wood Elf monk. Um, but I, I like that they're showing something different than like the human. Yes. Uh, because I think that, um, I think that traditionally the monk was, well, the monk was always a human traditionally, the very beginnings of D and D, and D that was a human class. Yes. So there's a lot you can do. That's pretty neat with these, uh, non-human species, Right with their martial arts, you can get really kind of creative, you know, with with why they developed martial arts, why there's a a, uh, a monastic tradition within that particular culture. Um, well, where, it's, it's the game master; it gives you a chance to flavor your world, especially if you have a homebrew world. Oh yeah, you can come up with some a completely yeah. different, you know, philosophy to this particular class. Yeah, yeah, or uh, or any of the the subclasses. I, I absolutely agree. There's 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 a lot of fun stuff you can really really dig into. So you know, kudos for uh, showing a a non human non human monk and and that uh that orc monk uh, on the preceding page, uh, pretty badass. That it is. There uh, you go. Finally, a positive piece of artwork. Thank you, Scott. I love all the artwork. I can't wait to talk about the warlock. <laughs> Neither can I. Because the artwork's there. So uh, the class is there, too. But we're talking about the monk. Let's get back to it. Back to the way of mercy. Yeah, the way of mercy. Those who follow the way of mercy might be members of a religious order, administering to the needy and making grim choices rooted in reality rather than idealism. So there may be gentle-voiced healers, uh, could be beloved members of their community, while others might be masked bringers of macabre mercies. So... Yeah, kind of a kind of a weird vibe. I'm I'm yeah. getting so they usually don robes with deep cowls and often conceal their faces with masks, presenting themselves as the faceless bringers of life and death. Pretty, pretty grim. I like it. Yeah, I figured you would. You know, <laughs> thematically, I like it. Th- thematically, it's 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 pretty neat, and and I think um, I think that that yin and yang, the 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 black and white kind of yep works well with this especially when you're crafting a story um you could have two diametrically opposed philosophies of the same monastic tradition and that could be that that can make for good storytelling you know Mm -hmm. where you have you know one monk that goes this way and another that goes the other way and um you know they were once friends or brothers or whatever and you know one becomes the other's kind of arch villain. Um, so cool. nemesis, if nothing else. Yeah. So uh, cool stuff. Get into the third level. I like this one. The implements of mercy. You gain a proficiency in insight and medicine skills, and you gain proficiency with the herbalism kit. You also gain a special mask, which you often wear when using the features of the subclass. You determine its appearance or generate it randomly by rolling on the merciful mask table. And there's some cool things here. I could see, to your previous point, the same character being both those, the dichotomy there, and oh. just changing the mask. Yeah. 
That would make for very interesting storytelling. You know, one minute you're merciful and helping and helping, and all of a sudden you you turn your robe inside out, you put one mask away, you don another, and your your persona is completely different. And now you are that administer of uh, of life and death and the macabre mercies. I think I, that, that would I would play a character like that. Yeah, I would, and I I would be tempted not necessarily to have a physical mask to put on, but when when switching between those roles, there would be a very a very noticeable change in in visage where you know the features mm-hmm. are somehow the same and the the person is recognizable, but it's yet very different at the same time. You know, uh, the merciful monk would would look very benevolent and welcoming, and the um, Smeagol. Yeah, yeah. You know, almost, almost, almost yeah. like that. Almost yeah. like that, but a very conscious change oh conscious change of 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 visages so the mask would would not necessarily be a physical thing that you would put on but it would rather be a very a very noticeable change in appearance that perhaps may uh come about as a result of your key training or whatever almost a jekyll and hyde kind of kind of thing that'd be awesome so there's that the uh the hand of healing right your mystical touch can mend wounds um, so you're using a key point to touch a creature and restore a number of hit points equal to a roll on your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. So that's kind of like this, this transfer of, of key energy to, uh, to heal a wound, which, which I think I don't like it when classes kind of dip into other classes, wheelhouses, but I think this is a pretty cool concept. Well, it's like one of those, well, you've seen it a number of times where the martial artist is reaching out there and, you know, with a couple fingers and strike this, this, uh, key point and this pressure point and that pressure point and this, but all of a sudden, you know, Oh, Hey, I can move and it, it no longer hurts. And, you know, I could see though a series of little, you know, forceful touches or, or a palm yeah. or, you know, holding a quick little twist and all of a sudden everything's perfectly fine. Yeah. The clap of the hands and the rub of the palms together. Yeah. And Mr. Yeah. Miyagi's ready yep. to heal Daniel son's uh, knee injury. <laughs> Show me Sandefloor. I can't move my arm. All right. What are you doing? What are you... Ow! Now show me Sandefloor. How did you do that? Shut up! Exactly. We, we move on to Hand of Harm. When you use a key to inflict wounds, when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you spend one key point, deal an extra necrotic damage equal to one roll of your martial art die plus your wisdom modifier. And you can use it once per turn, so that can add up. That can yeah. add up real fast. Uh, that's yeah. How, well, again, that's knowing through your martial arts training. You know where exactly is it going to hurt the most? Where where where? The, and don't just hit him in the arm. Hit him in the joint of the arm where it could do the most damage. Or strike him. You know, don't just hit him in the stomach. Aim a little lower. Hit him for that kidney. Know, yeah. Knowing exactly where to hit to do that little extra damage. It's, it is. It speaks to that dichotomy too, because you know, right before that, you have the healing hand, and exactly. now you have that, that that hand of harm. Physicians touch. This is at sixth level, so you can administer even greater cures with a touch. If you and if you feel it's necessary, you can use your knowledge to cause harm. So, there we go. That's kind of like that uh, that next level to that hand of harm and healing hand yep. uh, feature that 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 this um, th- this monk has. 
you can end one disease or one of the following conditions affecting the creature, uh, blindness, deafness, paralyzed, uh, poisoned, or stunned. And uh, when you use your hand of harm on a creature, you can subject that that creature to the poisoned condition until the end of your turn. So that's that's pretty big. Yeah, that that yeah. is pretty big. I I can I can see this this um almost being like a uh, you know kind of like a, a traveling traveling healer type thing. You know, there's almost this this biblical kind of kind of aspect to him where you know here he comes wandering into town or she comes wandering into town and you know someone's taken ill or someone's someone's uh been blinded or or has grown deaf and they can come and and just administer with their like healing energy you know this this cure this miraculous cure to them mm-hmm. so they would be very very welcomed i would imagine um all over especially particularly i would i would guess in in smaller towns or villages or hamlets where they may not have a a cleric available to them they may just have you know uh whatever maybe even no holy holy person at all i can see this as one of the characters that travels with a caravan because the caravan is most often a trading caravan when most often go to the small towns that don't have access to the big cities and big towns so those little hamlets whatnot are always waiting that once a year when the the caravan comes around and this would be the perfect NPC for your game masters. Or if you revolve your your campaign and all your player characters are on the caravan, this would be a perfect place for them because that would, like you said, be rolling into town. It's like, yay, they're here because you know here's all the wares they wanted. But there's that guy that you know this little poor little girl has has been deaf after that you know explosion at the mill house or whatever, and now there's a chance for her to. To be healed, you know, they're waiting for that caravan to come around. Hopefully, that monk is on there because he could do it. Yeah, I mean, that would make for a, a very interesting uh, NPC or even just a, a neat character backstory. Yeah. Then you got the flurry of healing or and harm. So you can now met out a flurry of comfort or hurt when you use your flurry of blows. You can now replace each of the unarmed strikes with the use of your hand of healing without spending key points for the healing. Nice. In addition, when you make an unarmed strike with flurry of blows, you can use hand of harm with that strike without spending a key point for the hand of harm. You can still use a hand of harm only once per turn, though. But that's still without burning the key point. Key points are pretty important. I've played monks a couple times, and I've had fun with them. Yeah, because you don't get many You don't points. get many key points. You build them up. So anytime you can get the effects from a key point and not have to burn it, and that's great. let's grant it, it's 11th level. You're you're up there a bit. You're very, very skilled. At this point, you're going to have a fair amount. I think maybe around 8 or 9. I'm just guessing, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking maybe 8 or 9 key points. Uh, maybe 10. Uh, thereabouts, but... Uh, it's still a lot of the effects when you're that, when you start building your monk need two or three key points, especially if you want to make that missed hit. All right, I'm going to burn three key points, get that plus six. That's, that's a good chunk. I have 11 key points at that point. Oh, that's 11th level. Okay. There you go. So, but still when you're, you burning two and three at a time, that's still only four or five effects. Uh, saving one point could make all the difference. I like I like this feature. I think I think it's 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 pretty cool. I I can see I can see this uh this monk being employed by a military force or several monks like this. Yeah, and using that 
that monk movement to just go tearing through the battlefield, healing the shit out of people on their side, you know, <laughs> while the battle's going on. And uh, not only would it be comical, but it, it'd be it'd be pretty funny. I just like the fact that the flurry of blows is very prevalent throughout all of this. And before it was just extra attacks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just an extra attack. Now you can do uh, stuff. Now with you it. got stuff to do with the flurry of blows. And I like the, I do like the fact that they've kind of centered around, for the most part, that one feature. And I just said, not only would it be funny, but it'd be comical. Or not only would it be comical, but it would be funny. And for the record, I know that the two are the same thing. <laughs> but Lewis made me a drink. It's your second one. So, <laughs> Lou pours heavy. Cut me some slack. <laughs> So you're right, just tearing around, ricocheting off of obstacles or people or, you know, and a walk by and a, a quick little touch to the back to this guy and a punch in the face to another one um, and just metting out heel and harm as, as he flies around the battlefield. That would be interesting to play out. Yeah, it would. And then at 17th level, we get the hand of ultimate mercy. So by this time, you've mastered life energy. And that mastery opens the door to ultimate mercy. So as an action, you could touch the corpse of a creature that died within the past 24 hours and expend five key points. The creature then returns to life, regaining a number of hit points equal to 4d10 plus your wisdom modifier. That's that's pretty decent. That's, right pretty, that's huge. That's pretty overpowered for a, a monk, I think. Well, you're talking 17th level. Again, you're taking something away from the clerics now. But I, I think at... Yeah. Oh, I think I would take half those points off the monk. I would turn it into a transfer. I just haven't. I, I I have a problem. A lot of people may disagree with me, but I have a problem with just the monk being able to resurrect somebody. You yeah, know, for, but, for 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 no cost. Well, yeah, five key points is nothing. Yeah. That's why I said whatever he healed, other gives half, maybe the whole. Right, um, but this is a dead body within 24 hours. Yeah. Um, I, to me, I think that's a little... That's a resurrection. That, it, it, to me, it is. That's what it exactly is. Yeah, with, with no cost. No, no cost whatsoever. And, and I, I said this at the beginning. I, I don't like it really when um, there's a lot, of, a lot of overlap into another class's wheelhouse because I think when everybody could do the same thing, then you're no longer special. You're just one of those vanilla characters it's like well i could do that too you know i can i can resurrect them and and now now do you need a cleric you know maybe that's just because i'm an old grognard but i remember it's like okay you needed a balanced party if you were going to make it through a gaming session you needed a you know a fighter a cleric a rogue a magic user and then you know maybe another fighter or two right <laughs> well, um, let's think about it this way this class or this at this level you can resurrect or bring back three people within a 24-hour period because you can get your long rest every eight hours yep so if you have a party if you're a party of four and three of your teammates drop oh, don't worry about it i can res them yeah you know where's I, I find i have problems with that i i never liked resurrection to begin with because there's there's no mortality when when you can just raise the dead then there's not a lot of not a lot of risk. I think if a resurrection is going to be in the game, there should be a cost to it. And I don't mean a monetary cost, but oh, no. that you should be given, like the whoever's either resing or being res, there should be a price paid for on yeah. both ends. All right, now you're talking my world. Yes. Because yep. when, whenever, when I gamed from the very beginning, 
Resurrection was one of those things that everyone wanted to do. Drag him back to the temple and resurrect him and throw a bunch of coin and everything's all happy. I went, no. Um, the person who was resurrected rolled a D3. And that's how many stats I was going to affect on you. Yep. And then you rolled a D2 on each one of the affected. And each one was a penalty to that stat. Permanent. Yeah, see, that, that's a good, I think that's a good trade-off. You're dead. Yeah. Right, you're not coming back whole and happy. Well, let's right? think about and it. And then the person who did, did the resurrection rolled 1d2, and that's how many stats were affected, and another 1d2, and that's how much negative they took for what they put into the resurrection. Right. Yeah. Cause so that you, way the same cleric isn't coming back, resurrecting well, exactly. people all the time. Yep, because if you think about it, 5e made it so difficult to actually die. Um, yeah. Um, I remember, like, in second edition, you know, once you went past your con, Yep. You never had death saves to begin with. No. There was no death save. Right. Yeah, but you could go to like negative 10. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is eh, kind of, I mean, that was a little, a little, a little much, but I mean, it still didn't feel like the death. It still felt like it was greater mortality than the yes. death saves. Yes. What low levels, depending on how bad you got hit or multiple yeah. hits, negative 10 did not save you. Right. It's, it's hard to die. It in is. Fifth ed- you got to work really hard to die in fifth edition, whereas. Yeah. Um, you could step out your front door at AD and D and be dead. Oh yeah, especially at the low levels. Like I said, a, a wizard with a you get a D four for your hit points. You were lucky if you got four. Yeah, on average, you had yeah. two. I had a wizard that got punched. It was the first and last wizard I I played. Got punched <laughs> in the face and died at first level. So yeah, it was it was it was, it was, a, it was a bar fight. I didn't even start it. You know the the. Learn to hide better. I want to say it was, I want to say it was Chet that started it, started a bar fight. That's probably with like a good his, bet. His ranger or something like that. And I got, I got punched in the face. You know, I it was a wizard. I did a lot of like book learning. I didn't work out or anything like that, so it probably broke my neck. <laughs> had a heart that attack, was it. Broke his neck. That gave him a heart attack. Gave him a heart attack at and, the same and, time. And embolism. Yeah. <laughs> Just I exploded. Um, yeah, I think I had like like two or three hit points. It was it was a, a much bigger, stronger. So the strength bonus Alone. took me out. <laughs> yeah, and, and before the die was even rolled. So um, so the, everybody in that plays fifth edition be very happy because it's a, it is hard to die in now in fifth fifth. Yes. Very very hard. I know to people die. talk about the TPKs and that yes that does happen, but it's very hard to as long as somebody's alive you can be brought back, and yeah. this just shows with the monk. Right, I can bring back my party. Oh, we're fine. And if one of them ever, one of them happens to be the same monk, after he gets his long rest, he could bring back some more people. Yeah, yeah. I there would have to be an inherent risk. Like there would have to be a saving throw, or or you know, saving throw. And if you fail it, you know, you don't resurrect the person. They can no longer be resurrected. Um, or you have to you have to make the saving throw or face death or being comatose for a while yourself it just seems too easy well here let me let me add a cherry on top of the holy shit sunday here not only do do you come back from the dead but you are also uh removed from the conditions of being blinded deaf and paralyzed poisons stunned as well so there's the cherry on top of your holy shit Sunday. That's a bit much. Yeah. It's even not, Han not Solo only... was blind when he came out of the carbonite. And <laughs> right. They didn't kill him. They, they just ki- froze him. You have hibernation sickness. 
I can't see. Your eyesight will return in time. Right. That's how, you know, I remember, I don't know if it was you or you or maybe it was really bad, it was probably me. No, it wasn't bad. It's that when you got rezzed, you actually had to make, you know, kind of a God call at the same time with the percentile dice. Yeah, that was me. Okay. So, you know, you know. And my character. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you were correct. It was both of us. (laughs) So, but, you know, I guess if you're going to use this homebrew it a little bit, um, don't make it so easy. I mean, at, at 17th level, some abilities should come easier, but bringing three people back within 24 with no cost. Yeah. Not even a material component cost. Right. Just five key points. Yeah. Which that's is, nothing. That's nothing. Especially at, you know, well, at 11th level, you had 11. Yeah. So, but now you got even a boatload more. Yeah. And then the long rest, all your key points come back anyways. Yeah. So, yeah, right. It it, it becomes no cost. I, I, would, I would make them incur at least... Whatever you give them in hit points, you take. Yeah, that, that's, at, that's at very fair. minimal. Oh, that, that's fair. At very minimal. So Are roll you? your 4d10 and your wisdom modifier, and that's what they get, and that's what you lose. Yeah. And, and consider it a, a transfer. Yeah, and that, that's that's kind of fair. You a know. fourth transfer. You don't have a choice. You don't Transferring have a saving throw. You bring right. them back. Yep. Life energy for life energy. All right, so on to the astral self. Love it. Hate it. Um. <laughs> I I don't know about this one. I do. I I think they could have did a lot better with this. I you know what? The last drag. Well, okay, I'll give you that. I'm not going to argue that. <laughs> yep. Bruce Leroy at the very end. You know he's 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 doing that 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 key thing when he was fighting the Shogun of Harlem. You gotta watch the movie. It, I, it's been a long. It's been a long. Time. A long I just time. watched it like a year ago. I saw. I was like, I can't believe this. This is the best martial arts movie ever. I think I watched it like honestly probably four or five times. And yeah, I, I uh, the first couple times I watched it, I was yeah, it was I was at Chet's house after playing a, a like the uh, like the game of D and D, and it was on like at Cinemax or something at at like one in the morning. So we sat and, 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 and watched uh, the last the last dragon. I recently recently uh, viewed it, and the, the kids were watching me and were looking at me like I was completely out of my mind. You should be used to that by now, just a little bit. <laughs> so, but a good movie, nonetheless. Right up there with Hawk the Slayer. Go watch that one too. That's a fine, a fine fantasy movie from. From the late seventies or early eighties, <laughs> they call them B movies because it's like, boy, why did I watch this in the first place? <laughs> Good so stuff. What, what do you think about this photo? Well, yes, it, we have to do the artwork uh, critique first before well, we delve it is, into it. The, is a dragon, last right? dragon, just like the yeah. last dragon. Yeah. yeah, so with the arm movements, not not the yep. uh, appearance, but just the arm movements. It's pretty cool. I mean, a dragonborn monk. Yeah, all right, I can see that. Way of the interposing claw. Yeah. I could do that. All right. Be like water. (laughs) Don't don't do accents. We're going to piss a bunch (laughs) of people off. I know it's tempting. We all want to do it, but don't. We're going to infuriate people. Watch. More than we already do. Watch the brew. I think it was Dick Cavett had Bruce Lee on, and he gave the be like water speech. Yes, it was. Was it Dick Cavett? I believe so. And then play a monk. All right, but so not this monk. <laughs> the way of the astral self. The monk who follows the way of the astral self uh, believes their body is an illusion. They see key, key as a representation of their true form and astral self. 
His actual self has the capacity to be a force of order or disorder, with some monasteries training students to use their power to protect the weak and other instructing aspirants in how to manifest their true selves in service of the mighty. Right there, you got bad guys built right in. You how could you not love it? <laughs> right? I, uh, no, that part, I, I, I don't mind that part. The arms of the astral self at third level. Uh, mastery of your key allows you to summon a portion of your astral self, just a portion. As a bonus action, you can spend one key point to summon the arms of your astral self. When you do so, each creature of your choice that can see see you within 10 feet of you must succeed in a dexterity saving throw or take force damage equal to two rolls of your martial art die. For 10 minutes, these spectral arms hover near your shoulders or surround your arms, your choice. You determine the arms' appearance, and they vanish early if you are incapacitated or die. Uh, while the spectral arms are present, you gain uh, a number of features. You can use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength modifier when making a strength check and strength saving throws. You can use your spectral arms to make unarmed strikes. You can make an unarmed strike with your arms on your turn. Your reach is five feet greater than normal. The unarmed strikes you make with the arms can use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls and their damage type is force. That's uh that's Bruce Leroy's finishing move right there. That's that's what that's what did in the Shogun of Harlem was was his arms of the astral self. I'll give you that. It worked in the movie but it's not going to work for me. Uh, that one there is okay ish ish. I don't. I I dig it. I we get it. We get it. I'll explain why after. But let's finish through this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the visage of the astral self at sixth level. You get this. Uh, you can summon the visage of your astral self as a bonus action or part of a bonus action. You take to activate arms of the astral self. You can spend one key point to summon the visage for ten minutes. It vanishes early if you are incapacitated or die. Um, so this visage covers your face like a helmet or mask. You determine its appearance. While the spectral visage is present, you gain the following benefits. You get astral sight, so you can see you normally in darkness, both magical and non-magical. That 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 magical darkness, that's huge um, yeah. to a distance of 120 feet. That's a lot. That's huge. That is, yeah. Yep. Wisdom of the spirit, you have advantage on wisdom, insight, and charisma intimidation checks. I like it. Word of the spirit. When you speak, you can direct your words to a creature of your choice that you can see within 60 feet of you, making it so only that creature can hear you. Alternatively, you can amplify your voice so that all creatures within 600 feet can hear you. I don't know. That's pretty. Lou's giving me this look. Lou, Lou does. <laughs> there is nothing about this that Lou likes. I could tell by his utter look of disgust. I, I think it's cool. And I think it's cool only because I really love The Last Dragon. That was one of my favorite, favorite movies. I can, I can, I can understand that. And uh, it kind of brings that, that kind of monk thing to, uh, to life here in the D&D game, and I'm, I'm all about He's it. got a nostalgia grin I do, from I do. ear to ear and over that, here. You know He's what? got rosy cheeks going, a little sparkle in his eye. I'll tell you, if I was 30 years younger, <laughs> um, I'd probably hate this, this probably. subclass. But it is. It's it's all about it's it's all about the nostalgia. Yes, and that's it. And that's what I love about it. Then I will agree with you. 
because it's yeah. just about this. It is just it is just <clears throat> about the because who wouldn't want to who wouldn't want to play that Bruce Bruce Leroy character, <laughs> right? With it was all about the key, all about all about that that or was it was it key or was it chi? It was chi. Yes. He was a he was a kung fu practitioner, but still, it's the same thing. Yes. Um, rose by any other name. Still a rose. 11th level, you have body of the astral self. Uh, when you have both of your astral arms and visage summoned, you can cause the body of your astral self to appear. No reaction required. The spectral body covers your physical form like a suit of armor. Connecting with your arms and visage, you determine its appearance. While the spectral body is present, you gain the following benefits. Deflect energy. When you take acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, or thunder damage, there you go. You finally found something against Lou. You can use your reaction to deflect it. When you do so, the damage you take is reduced by a D10 plus your wisdom modifier, minimum of a one. And you have empowered arms. One Once on each of your terms, when you hit a creature with your arms of the astral self, you can deal extra damage to the target equal to your martial arts die. So now you have astral armor. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I I like what it... I like what it says about the forms of your astral self, too. They got that little dialogue box. Yeah, up there. in the corner, yeah. You know, it's translucent embodiment of the monk's soul. As a result, an astral self can reflect aspects of the monk's background, ideals, flaws, and bonds. It doesn't It doesn't have to look like the monk. You know, it doesn't have to be an exact representation of what the monk looks like in its physical form, which I think is, which I think is pretty cool. You know, you get... Um, you get really creative with this, you know, maybe it's, it's kind of like, you know, how Galadriel's visage changed when, when Frodo offered her the ring, right? You know, maybe it's, it's, it's something that's, that's, that's slight like that, or maybe it's entirely different. You know, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a, there's, there's, there's wings. Well, when I read this, the first thing that came to mind was like full blown anime, where you know all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but all of a sudden, it you know there's like this giant spectral tiger, you know, there, and as you strike, the paw reaches up, and or a bear or, or something like that. So that that's where my mind went. Is it's like, all right, I'm going to go full blown anime with this one. Yeah, I and why not? Yeah, you know, I mean, if you if you're going to go anime yeah, it, with D and D, I mean, who's this is the one to do it with. Yeah, this is yeah, this, this is this, the one. Yeah, not the Sailor Moon Barbarian. No, no. Uh, okay, uh, awakened astral self at 17th level. So uh, here's your milestone. Your connection to your astral self is complete, allowing you to unleash its full potential. As a bonus action, you can spend five key points to summon arms, visage, and body of your astral self and awaken it for 10 minutes. This awakening ends early if you're incapacitated or die. While your astral self is awakened, you gain the following benefits. Armor of the spirit, a plus two to your armor class. Astral Barrage. When you use your extra attack feature to attack twice, you can instead attack three times if all the attacks are made with your spectral arms. Weak. Yeah, as a as a as a capstone. Yeah, as a capstone. Yeah. That it, well, well, I mean, compare, the other guy's raising to, the yeah, dead, raising, raising the dead, and this guy'll bitch right. slap you one more time instead of twice. I'm gonna hit you a third time. Yeah, How's yeah that? take that. Oh, is that all you can do? I just resurrected that whole town in three days. <laughs> you went to the wrong school. 
Yeah, it is. Well, compared to <laughs> compared to the way of uh, the way of Mercy, Mercy Monk, yeah, that's pretty. Even meh. compared to some like Way of the Long Death, Way of the Open Hand, those two are just amazing. A uh, capstone for uh, Way of the Open Death, Touch of the Long Death. Starting at seventeenth level, your touch can channel the energy of death into a creature. As an action. You touch one creature within five feet of you. You can expend one to ten key points. The target must make a constitution saving throw, and it takes 2d10 necrotic damage per key point on a failed save, or half as much on a successful save. You're, you're talking a shit ton of damage. Yeah, that's, Holy that's, yeah, that's smacking that's jeepers. <laughs> Wave of the open hand, quivering palm. At 17th level, you gain the ability to set a lethal vibration into somebody's body. When you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend three key points to start the impersonable vibrations, which last for a number which lasts for a number of days. Sorry, I've been drinking. Equal to your monk level. So that's 17 days at minimum. The vibrations are harmless unless you use your action to end them. To do so, the target must be on the same plane of existence. When you use this action, the creature must make a constitution saving throw. If it fails, it is reduced to zero hit points. If it succeeds, it takes 10d10 necrotic damage. Which might bring him to zero anyways. <laughs> well, the yeah. quivering palm has been with us that's since first, first edition. edition. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah it's that's, been there. Yep. That's, uh, He's kind of changed it a little bit, but yet basically it's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. But yeah. hey, you know, the astral self. I'm gonna hit you a third time, and and you get the added benefit of of being like a. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. So the monk, good or bad for these two classes? Uh, it's fifty fifty. Yeah, the first one is okay. I like him very thematically. He kind of yes. reminds me of Zuko from Avatar when that Zuko was wearing his dragon mask. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually a little bit merciful then. Um, so I kind of, I'd kind of like it. His abilities are still subpar to some of the other ones, but that is one class I would play. The uh, Wave of Mercy, Astral Self, I wouldn't touch. I would, st- I would still love. And that's to all see for tonight, people. The- <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would still love to put these on the gaming table. I would like to put these on a gaming table in a magnificent seven style of of game that is, it is. That would be a, an homage to the Kung Fu theater stuff. Yes. Um, That'd probably be the only place that would fit. With, with like, the the whole party would be monks of different disciplines pulled together to do some epic badassery, but they'd all be anthropomorphic animals. I can deal with that, too. And, you know, set in a, 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 a pseudo Chinese-Japanese, you know. Feudal. Feudal era. kind of, kind of culture. Yep. Very much so, like I wish they would a, bring the the Carter tour from second from two point five up to fifth edition. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, I agree. So you're saying the astral self in your anthropomorphic world, um, this one would be the platypus. <laughs> His tail will get that third slap. That's it. Yeah, there you go. Or I, a monkey or something. I don't no, know. No, 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 not a monkey. The monkey would be too cool. A, a flamingo. Yeah, I'd say platypus or a flamingo for this one. Yeah, I I'm, think that I'm would. Getting the, I'm getting the impression you, you're not really fond of this one. <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not on board with this one. I'm no. I'm, I'm just not. I just think just, I, his capstone is really subpar to all the other um, uh, classes. Very. 
a very, yeah. very, very weak. Um, so, you know, before you pick this class, make sure it's something you're going to be happy with. Make sure if you have an idea to play with it, make sure that it's something you're willing to stick with because in a lot of ways he is subpar to other monks. Um, and there's a couple other monks that are not as great as the two that I spoke about, but they still have a lot more uh, diversity and skill behind them than this one does, I think. And if you play this one, make sure you let everyone know that your head is twice the size of everyone else's and your eyes are like dinner plates and they always sparkle. And you have sloppy hair. Yes. Goku style. Yeah, just points everywhere in different weird directions. Every time you turn your head, your hair doesn't move. But if you do that, you'll be good. I never liked Goku. I was just going to say it. His, his Kamehameha just took too long for me. Ah, yeah, three episodes and two more to hit. So there's our monks. I, yeah, um, the first one, right, thematically, I could have some fun with this one. Again, I would think I would play the, the dichotomy all rolled into one character and just change his master's face. The second one, yeah, unless it's done in 16 colors um, and it's a glorified commercial for a toy, I don't think I'd do it. I'm going to agree with that. Who's the master? Show enough. <laughs> and that's a look at the monk class and the optional class features for the monk. See you next week in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.